Amen. Thank you so much, Catherine. And good morning, everybody. Uh, hey, it's so wonderful to be back together. Um, and as we are back in our first week for the new year and for the new decade here in 2020 uh, in chapel, um, wanted to just re-tee up and recap again where, where we are, kind of an overarching journey, and that our uh, our overarching theme for this year is that of abundant life, and that Jesus, as our good shepherd, shepherds us towards that um, uh, every single day. Um, in light of the enemy, he wants to steal, kill, and destroy, but we can walk um, in his grace and in his victory um, to live life abundantly. And uh, we talked about all of uh, first first half of the, the year, the first semester, quads one and two, about our identity and what it means to be in Christ and the various beautiful ways that that's experienced and expressed. Uh, we've turned a corner now for quad three. We're talking about intimacy um, and that idea of intimacy with God and others. We have that authentic uh, closeness and connectedness to God and others. And this idea that intimacy is not something that happens uh, passively. We don't drift into it, but it has to be cultivated intentionally. And so that's why every week, each week in Quad 3, we're focusing on a different spiritual practice that helps cultivate intimacy with God and others. And so uh, this week we've been in the practice of remembering. And uh, we've uh, looked at in Ephesians uh, and remembering who we once were, what, who Jesus is, what he's done, who we are, who we're becoming. On Monday, on Tuesday, yesterday, we heard uh, from an alumni looking back and uh, remembering uh, just God's providence and sovereignty and how that personally intersects with our lives in ways that we could never imagine or expect. And then today, we have the privilege of hearing from our own president, Dr. Kiriton. And uh, good, yes. So... Um, as we remember God's faithfulness. And uh, Dr. Kierden's been leading um, our institution uh, faithfully for, since 2002. And uh, his love for the Lord is really displayed in the way that he loves and leads this institution, the way that he loves and leads and connects with our student body. And um, he, he loves the opportunity to be able to share uh, from his heart, from his life um, here in chapel. And so um, scripture says to give honor to whom honor is due. So would you just show an, an honor and appreciation as we give a warm Northwestern welcome to our own president, Dr. Kierden. <laughs> And uh, would you join me and just extend a hand out towards him as we pray for him as he shares with us. Father in heaven, we are so thankful for your love. We're here today because you have loved us, because you have chosen us, because you have adopted and redeemed us. We are thankful that you have begun a good work in us and you are faithful to see it through to completion. We thank you that you have begun a good work in and through this institution, and you will see it through to completion. We thank you for every single leader, staff, faculty, president, student that you have brought through this institution. Right now, God, we thank you for Dr. Kiriton. We thank you for his life. We thank you for his faith. We thank you for his faithfulness and you. And we thank you for the ways that he has shepherded us in this institution, Lord, through many ups and downs over the last 18 plus years. And we pray that as he shares with us this morning, that you would fill him afresh with your spirit, that we would lean in with all eagerness and expectancy, um, hungry to hear from you through him, and that our hearts would be encouraged, would be equipped, that we'd walk out these doors 25 minutes from now, 
being refreshed with the remembrance of your faithfulness. We thank you that you are the God who is always with us and gives us strength and courage wherever we go. And give your strength and courage to Dr. Kirtan now as he speaks. We ask this all in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. Good. Thank you, Justin. Well, good morning, Northwestern. Hey, I trust you all had a great break. We uh, share a little bit about Gail and my break. In fact, Gail's here today. Thank you, sweetheart, for coming. As some of you may know, we have three children, and from that we also have 11 grandchildren. And we were grateful, grateful that two of the three were able to come up to Minnesota and spend Christmas with us. The other child decided to go to Florida. Bummer, right? But what a delight it was for us to have our children, our grandchildren come up because they all live in the South and they were, get a load of this, anxious to play in the snow. So it was fun to see them out in the backyard making snowmen. My sons and son-in-law built a slide that they could slide down in the backyard when the snow was formidable and et cetera, and uh, they had a delightful time. And uh, one of the gifts that God has given us is family. And Gail and I are grateful for the family that we have. If you will, uh, pray with me as as I open up. Father, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. So, if you have your scripture with you, whether it's on your iPad or actually have a hard copy like me as this old guy, yes, open it up to Joshua, first chapter. It's got Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, Joshua, first chapter. What I want to talk about because I have been thinking about this presentation to you for several weeks, thinking about, Lord, what do you want me to say to the students in regards to remembering your faithfulness? And it wasn't until uh, this last week where this passage came up when someone shared this with us. And I thought, Lord, this is a great passage that I want to share with the students because in some ways it's, it's a summation of your faithfulness to your people whom you called out of captivity to give them a land flowing free with milk and honey the promises that you are going to give them so if you will I'm going to start with verse 1 and we're going to go through verse 9 but I'm going to read it as we go along and then I'm going to stop and talk about it and then I want to share with you some personal experiences that I've had where I know God's faithfulness to me was significant and life-changing so we start verse 1 after the death of Moses the Lord's servant the Lord spoke to Joshua son of Nun Moses assistant and he said now that my servant Moses is dead you you must lead my people across the Jordan River into the land that I'm giving them. I promise. Students, I love that. That's where I'm going to stop in my first point. 
God's promises are chalked full in the scriptures. And here's the little insight that you already know, but I want to re-echo in your mind today. He always, always, always honors his promises. As I promised you what I promised Moses, that relationship that he had with Moses was pretty special. We read about it uh, in the New Testament where there's a transfiguration when Christ is praying and Elijah and Moses appeared. I promise you what I promised Moses. And you recall from your study of scriptures or what you're learning is that Moses committed, let's say he did not follow God's instructions and because of that he couldn't go into the promised land. But God had promised him but he was going to make sure that that promise was fulfilled now through Joshua. I promise you what I promised Moses. So students, I want you to remember the promises that are in Scripture, he will honor those as you read them and study them and follow them. Know that that promise that he's extended to you and I, he will honor. So wherever you go, let's continue. As I promised you what I promised Moses, wherever you go, you will be on the land that I have given you. From the Jev Desert in the south to the Lebanon Mountains in the north, from the Euphrates River on the east to the Mediterranean on the west, all of the land of the Hittites. And no one, here it comes, no one will be able to stand their ground against you as long as you live. God is with you. He is standing with you. You may not feel that you're with God right now, but let me tell you, he is standing with you. Because remember, like you sang in that song, he chose you. He ch you didn't choose him, he chose you. As part of his elect. He stands. Be encouraged. He has not forsaken you. We read in Romans that nothing will ever separate us from the love of God, right? That verb separate is in the future tense in the Greek. Nothing in the future will ever separate you from the love of God. He stands with you. Be encouraged. Be encouraged that you are not alone. So in this world, especially in this culture that he has us in right now, as this culture, I like to say, is running away as fast from God's word as possible. And then I like to share that we as Northwestern are running as hard as we can towards it. Because we are now being so significantly countercultural to what's happening in our world. As you stand for Christ and as people see the fragrance of Christ within you, he stands with you. I hope you're encouraged by that. So not only does he honor his promises, he stands, he's not forsaking us, he's with us. So when you have the opportunity to be Christ to someone, know that he stands with you. Let's go on in what we're reading. So no one will be able to stand their ground against you as long as you live, for I will be with you as I was with Moses. And I will not fail you, I will not abandon you. So he goes on in verse 6, then be strong. 
I love that. I want to tell you, students, you can be strong. Now, you might feeling right now, Al, I'm not really sure, or you might want to say Dr. Kieran. You can be strong because Christ stands with you. You may have some adversity right now. I don't know what that might be. You might have some story. It might be personal. It might be connected with a family. It might be a friendship. It might be academics. It might be financial. Just know this. He stands with you. He wants you to be strong. He will handle it. This is where we walk by faith. This is where we learn in that constant walk with him that he will not forsake us. That nothing shall separate us from the love of God. He fulfills his promises. He stands with us. And he wants you and I to be strong in the faith. Be strong. If you've got a problem, address it. Don't rely on somebody else. Rely on him. Seek the help and counsel of brothers and sisters in Christ, sure. But be strong, because you can, because he stands with us. And then, be courageous. Isn't that interesting that he would use the word courageous here? There are times, uh, how can I say this? When courage is not part of my life and my thinking. I... uh, There are times when my weaknesses and my failures are so evident in my life that I don't feel courageous. I need to be reminded. I need to be reminded in his word and through other brothers and sisters in Christ that we can and need to be strong and courageous at all times. So a couple years ago, some of you may not know this, but I liked it. It was an interesting time in my professional career when the Lord gave me an opportunity to sit on the Board of Governors for the NCAA, National Collegiate Athletic Conference. Now, there was, and I tried to discern amongst the 18 of us that were on this board, overseeing all 1,400 universities that were part of this huge association. I thought there was another believer on the board, but I wasn't sure. But here was an opportunity for me to be vocal to stand up against the crowd that was saying the pol- all the politically correct things it could say when we were discussing a bathroom bill or in North Carolina or the religious freedom bill in Indiana and what should be our response as an association. And I asked the Lord, I said, Lord, give me the right words to say because it's going to run contrary to all the other, what the, all the other presidents were saying around that room. When we left, when we left after four years on that board, they had a dinner to honor those of us leaving. The president of the NCAA and the executive vice president were talking to Gail and I. And the executive vice president said to me, he said, Al, you're a royal pain in the... I'll let you figure out what the other word was. And of course, my reaction, my thoughts was, oh my goodness, why would you say something like that? And then he said to me, you were the conscience of the board. You kept our focus where we needed to keep our focus. As believers, we never know and never understand the times that we make an impact, but the opportunities are there because of Christ who's within us. So it's important that we be strong and courageous at all times because you never know. 
you never know, as I found out, that I was making a difference and people were noticing because of Christ. So be strong and courageous. Let's go back and read it. For you will lead my people to possess all the land that I swore to give to their ancestors. So be strong and very courageous. Obey, obey all the laws Moses gave to you. Do not turn away from them and you will be successful in everything you do. One of the key attributes of a faithful Christian is their obedience to what's written in God's word. How do you know somebody's a Christian? Do they follow what's in God's word? Do they see that in their, do people see that in their lives? So, another personal story, if I may. It's between the summer of my junior and senior year in college. Uh, every summer in, the high, in high school and college years, I used to go to a, uh, what was called a missionary conference. I had a college campus in Pennsylvania. I grew up in the Chicagoland area. And we would ride on a bus, our youth group, and head out to this college in western Pennsylvania. And for a week, we would gather with a, about 1,300, 1,400 Christians, mostly high school and college students, and we would talk about missions. Where can we go around the world and serve Christ in missions? And in that organization, they would send out eight of those young people every summer to some part of the world they would spend the summer there and then report back to the conference of their experiences. Everything was paid for. They didn't have to raise funds or anything. And I thought to myself, I'd sure like to apply for that. I really wanted to do something in missions. I felt like the Lord was at that time in my life leading me to do something in missions. So I went ahead and applied. At the end of my sophomore year, I applied and lo and behold, they accepted me and gave me the opportunity that I would have a chance to serve in the summer in the country of Kenya. Now, I applied for this, and I made a major mistake. I didn't tell my parents. <laughs> so when I told my parents of this opportunity, now granted, please understand, I'm now at the end of my junior year in college. I thought that I was an adult. I thought I could make that decision. So I told my mother and father, I have this opportunity to go to Kenya. Everything's paid for. We're going to do missions work. I mean, it's for the church. I'm thinking, this is for Jesus. This is going to be great. My parents said, no. No. You can't go. So now I'm sitting there going, okay, wait a minute. I thought the Lord wanted me to go. My parents are telling me I shouldn't go. In fact, they're telling me I can't go. I have one, I, I finished college in three and a half years, so all I have is one semester left. So I'm thinking, is this my decision or, you know, I, I'm in, I'm juxtaposed between those two and I'm battling, okay, where do I, what do I do? So yeah, I went into God's word. Lord, I need an answer. Show me. And that's where I came across the Ephesians 6.1, says, children, obey your parents. So I said, Lord, I'm going to honor your word. I'm going to honor what it says in your word, and I'm going to obey your parents. So I didn't go. I said, Lord, if an opportunity to come to serve Kenya, I would love it. Fast forward now, 25 years later, I'm now 45 years of age. I've had no opportunity, no opportunity, but the heart, the desire to go to Africa is still there. Somehow, some way to be connected. 
someone comes up to me and says, Al, there are uh, several of us that want to nominate you for a board of trustees of a university. I said, okay, that sounds good. Where's it at? They said, it's in Nairobi, Kenya. I said, well, you got to be kidding. 25 years later, by his time, by his plan, by his purpose, God gave me the desires of my heart. And I've been able to be uh, traveled to Kenya and throughout Africa numerous times since, all because of his grace and waiting, waiting for his hands. Obey the laws. Obey what's in God's word. As long as you go on, study. Okay, this is why you're here. I'm in verse uh, 8 here. Study the book of the law continually. That's why you're here, students. That's why you're here. You need to know this. We want you to know this. This book, inside and out, it is going to be your rock to be able to weather the storms of this life. And trust me, the storms are coming. If they haven't already hit you, and they probably have, but this is the rock on which we're gonna, you can stand. You and I can claim it. This is the Lord talking to us every day. And then he says, meditate on it. Meditate. Think about it. Process. Dwell. Ponder. Study. Meditate on it day and night. So you will be sure to, what? Obey all that is written. Only then, only then will you succeed. It's so critically important for us to think about, meditate, understand what God is teaching us in his word because that's where you find the answers to the dilemmas and challenges in our life. How do I handle issues that are being thrown at me culturally? How do I handle all the stuff that the media is throwing at me? How do I handle what the culture is saying? How do I handle when my friend wants to tell me that my faith is worthless? How do I respond when people not necessarily attack me, but discard me because of my commitment to Christ. That's why you need to be in God's word. That's why we saturate our curriculum in God's word and rest on him. Meditate on it day and night so that you will be sure to obey all that is written and you will succeed and command you. Be strong and courageous, and then don't be afraid. Don't be discouraged. Students, I'm surprised at the, uh, the amount of hours that we've had to increase in our counseling centers to be able to serve you and help you. And I want to say to you at this time, don't be afraid. Don't be fearful. The Lord has you in his palms of his hands. He is standing with you. He's not going to forsake you. He is with you. You can be strong and courageous. You don't need to be afraid. You don't need to be worrying about the future because let me tell you, he's already, he's already decided the future. And the good news is he wins. You and I win. But right now, Draw upon God's word so that you don't have to be afraid. You have nothing to fear. You have nothing to be discouraged about. Because the Lord is with you. And that's how he concludes it, isn't it? For the Lord God is with you wherever you go.
So I want to share with you another personal story of a time when God's faithfulness made a huge impact in my life. I want you to bear with me because it's going to take me a little bit to explain this. And uh, I have shared this with students in the past uh, because it's part of my testimony. It's part of my journey. Between the summers of my sophomore and junior year in college, uh, my roommate at that time, uh, who lived in Dodge City, Kansas, he and I decided, let's, um, let's go room with his older brother, uh, who had a law practice in Dodge City in a house, and uh, we'll work in the construction trade, because there was a lot of construction pro- projects out there in Dodge City at that time. And students, I went to school in Kansas. That's why I was out there. <laughs> the one Kansas student, right, right, right. <laughs> And so, uh, and as some of you know, my roommate in college, um, uh, his sister is my Gail. That's how I met Gail, was through Randy. Yeah, I, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> so, I, you know, I was a friend of the family before we started dating, which is not a bad thing. Anyways, that was, that, I'm deviating from my, okay. Um, so we went out to Dodge City, got construction jobs. So on July 11th, uh, we're, we're, you know, six, eight weeks already into the summer working. We're out at a Dodge, uh, a John Deere implement dealership we're building. It is a huge complex. This is where the combines and tractors and things like that. It's a brand new facility. And the day before, on July 10th, we had just poured the walls, if you will, a retaining wall for a loading dock uh, where the semis back up and unload things into the warehouse. And uh, we were building that, and it was a wall, you know, a concrete wall. It's about eight inches, and we put up the forms. And as you know, with any loading dock, the, the uh, wall generally recedes down to be ground level. There's some type of, of process going down like that. So we had the forms all up. Uh, we had the concrete form, so it did that, uh, that uh, wave down, so to speak. But we made the mistake in the footings, and I'm not sure I made the mistake or whoever, but uh, there, were, there was pieces or a rebar, reinforcement rod that comes out of the, uh, the footing that's, that's part of the wall for the strength of the wall. So you got everybody with me? So, and then the footing went on for a while. And so we had some of these, these pieces of rebar sticking up out of the ground. And then the wall was here with the forms on it. And so the foreman said to Mr. Hansen and I, Mr. Hansen was a math teacher at Hanston High School. Yes, Hansen, Hanston. I don't know if there's any relation, never asked him. But uh, he was in his probably early, mid-50s, considerably older than I was. But he was working in the summer to make some money as a public school teacher. He was making some money in the summertime. So we were working side by side. Foreman said to us, tear down the forms off that wall so the concrete can dry. It cured, it set overnight, but we needed to take the forms out. So Mr. Hansen was working down on the ground. I went on the other side up on top of the hill because it was a retaining wall, and I was helping him knock off the forms off the top. In the process, I made the stupid mistake, absolutely stupid, of using my foot to kick off one of the forms. I lost my balance and fell on top of one of the reinforcement rods that were out of the footing foundation. Yeah, 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 you get it. So as I'm falling backwards, I remember looking down and seeing my chest out this far, thinking, oh, I did something stupid. (laughs) 
So as I fell, please understand, I was impaled, and by the time I hit the ground, it, it had come out. And I'm laying on the ground, and Mr. Hansen's looking over me, saying, just looking. He's going, he himself was going into shock, and I had to yell at him to go get help. But I also could feel myself going into shock. And I'm laying there as Mr. Hansen left to get help. I'm laying there thinking, Lord, is this it? Are you calling me home? Are you calling, am I, is this my time to die? And I had a voice say distinctly to me that day, no, I'm not done with you yet, Al. I have a plan for you. And the Lord allowed me to heal. But it was at that time that he made an impact. So I want you to know his faithfulness. I have not been afraid to die ever since that point in time. I was that close. Now, come to find out, just to let you know, it missed the liver, it missed the spleen, it missed my heart, hit my lungs, and I was losing the air out of the lungs, so I was very fortunate. Six weeks later, I was playing football on the football field, by God's grace. By God's grace. By God's grace. His faithfulness. His faithfulness. I did something stupid. In a fallen world, I literally fell. But God was there over me to say, Al, I'm with you. I am not going to forsake you. I know the time's up. Let me pray and you're out of here. Lord, you are faithful to us. Your word tells us that. You promise never to separate yourself from us ever in the future, that nothing will ever separate us. We claim that promise. And your word is full of promises. But Lord, I, on behalf of all of our students here today, claim that promise that you will never forsake us and never leave us. So thank you for that, Lord. We praise you, and we ask this all in the precious name of Jesus. Amen. Have a great day. Thank you.